Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Brendan Hauser. So, got a new mic. Thought I had it perfectly dialed. The gain is a little high. I apologize. It's a little crackly at points. I will get this nailed. Thanks for your patience. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brendan Hauser with Evoke Bike. So, this is the Shelled at Nationals edition. Yikes. I want to go over the mistakes that I made as to why I got totally hammered. And I want to be very clear. These are not excuses. These are not me saying, oh, if I had made these changes, I would have been in the race. I It kind of drives me nuts when people think back on a race, make mental changes, and assume that a different thing would have happened. Well, guess what? It didn't. I got dropped. I came in maybe 42nd, I want to say. I got dropped three hours into the race. It was six laps. This was at the beginning of lap five, exactly where I had talked to Andrew Crater the day before. We thought it was going to get strung out and there would be gaps in the remaining peloton and there definitely were and I was spit out the back. So this race was very hard for me. It was in the first two hours... 352 watts normalized power. I'm 81 kgs, so 8, 16, 24, 32, like almost four and a half watts per kg for the first two hours. 266 average. We averaged 26.3 miles per hour while still climbing 3,800 feet in two hours. I did over 1,900 kgs of work, so we'll talk about my tactics so much for hiding. And in that two hours, nine and a half minutes was at zone five. 15 minutes and 40 seconds at zone six. So what I want to talk about in this race is intensity, or yeah, in this race, in this video, intensity. I want to talk about feed zone planning. I want to talk about environmental concerns or the environment that you're going to go race in that you need to take into account. And then my tactics. I, I don't know if I'm thinking about this race correctly. And it's things are different for me now that I'm riding solo as opposed to on a team. So my plan was to not get in a break. I have always been on a team where I'm the guy that gets in early breaks. I have a good shot of winning from a break. I can usually ride and drive a break long. It's very good for my teammates behind. But this year, the course was really fast. And the backside of the course after the last finishing wall, which was about maybe 90 seconds full gas, I want to say, uh, and then a few other... No, there's no real long sustained climbs. The backside was just so fast. I mean, averaging 27, I think, in the first hour. I didn't think a break would stay away. So I didn't want to be antsy. I didn't want to get in a break. I was hoping to wait until lap end of lap five, maybe the last lap on lap six, and launch something either on the wall going into the last lap or on that long dragged out portion. And again, though, this is nationals. These, this is the race with the best cat ones in the nation coming for the title. That's my pipe dream. That's like my goal. I'm having an amazing, incredible day. I feel great. I get in the right group. Maybe five of us get away, and then it's you know one out of one of us is going to win on the wall at the end. That was a hope. I never got anywhere close to that. So here are the things I want to talk about. Number one, completely. My training lacked the intensity needed to race at a race of this caliber. And part of it's my own fault. Part of it was, actually, it's all my fault. I didn't do enough racing beforehand. I did one race beforehand, and it was a gravel race that had intensity, but it was a month before this. And so was this a huge goal race for me? You know, I got what I deserved. I was in France for two weeks before doing long mega rides, getting up early, 
in the beginning of the week, there was no chance of doing intervals because I was figuring out how to get out of Paris. And it just got to a point where I was there to enjoy the trip and I was riding, but it wasn't necessarily training and preparing for this race. That's on me, no excuses. So the other thing, part of my outlook this year was not having racing dictate my life. And so I wanted to start racing in February and people came to visit me in Florida both weekends I was going to race. So those races went out the window. But to be fair, play devil's advocate. I had a super fast group ride. It only lasts about 50 minutes, but there's intensity in there. Like I'm not going to make an excuse for that. March, there was no racing. April, a race got canceled. And then May, I went to France. And so I just wasn't prepared. And I can't be upset at that. I, I got what I deserved. So what should I do instead if this happens again? I would say you really need to put yourself through some race sims. You need to go out and throttle the gas hard. You need to go do some 20 by 30 second max. You need to incorporate some VO2 max training in that ride. You need to also do, I wouldn't say a 1 by 20. There's, I'll do the breakdown of the power zones, but it was never a 20 minute threshold effort. You just need to be smashing. And maybe I needed to try and find a group ride, but I was so fortunate to be able to ride on this vacation and the amount that I could ride that I wasn't ever going to be scheduling rides with other people around the other things we had going on. I was out the door at like 5.30 or 6 to get back to go do stuff in France with my husband. So it is what it is. Off of that. Now, number two, feed zone planning. This is, this is a, no offense to Cat 5s. This was a Cat 5 move. I was hoping to finish the race, so I was thinking it was going to be maybe four and a half hours, a little over four hours, so I'm definitely going to need four bottles. I carried three with me, and I didn't have anyone in the feed zone, and I thought, I'll just get one from the neutral support, from the neutral feed zone. That is always a bad idea. I've known this is a bad idea for years. I've tried to do this before. It's a bad idea. They're handing out little bottles, plastic bottles of water that when you get it, you know, four ounces goes flying out the top. You don't get a full bottle, and the chances that you get a bottle could be very slim. They had five people in the feed zone for 90 people coming by, and the first couple laps, they brought one bottle. They handed a bottle, and they're like, yes. And again, these are volunteers. I'm not knocking them. This is my poor planning. It is my fault. I honestly am thinking, should I have worn the hydration pack? I mean, Dylan Johnson did a video, video where it's more aero. The climbing isn't that long and sustained. I've considered bringing a hydration pack to a Grand Fondo this weekend, but I also don't like not making friends. And if I wear a hydration pack, I'm not going to want to stop. And that might be kind of dick, but I don't know. The other thing is I only had three bottles. I screwed up and did not bring my Hello Blue hydration caps that I use. I just wasn't thinking. And that was part of it. I just had a weird week coming back and whatever. So... Poor feed zone planning and was not did not have enough sodium with me for the ride. Um, think about your environment, right? The heat, the heat. It wasn't that hot. It was 85. It maybe got in the higher 80s. It was like 83 in the beginning. That to me felt extremely hot. I was riding in Blowing Rock, North Carolina and France where it was 50 degrees and the hot days were 70. It was just a very different environment than I was used to smashing in. And oh wait, back to number one, I wasn't used to smashing enough. So that was kind of a double whammy. 
Should have maybe tried to fight a sauna. I need to go and go down the mountain 2,000 feet where it's 10 degrees warmer. And so I will try to plan to do that before other races that I've also got on my calendar that I'm looking forward to, like Masters Nationals. And if I do decide to go out to Gravel Nationals, which I, I kind of want to do it, it's just really far away, I think I might try and make that trip. But other things you need to consider, altitude, how are you going to deal with that? For me, altitude messes with me. By day three, I'm smashed, trashed, useless. I have to go in the night before and race the very next day. I can maybe get away with the next day. By day three, forget it. No watts. Is it going to be colder than you're used to? If you're not used to racing in the cold, and this isn't a very common thing, but it is common for people that might do early spring races, you got to know how to dress, how to layer, what to wear. Just ask yourself, what's going to be different where I'm going to race? And then kind of what I alluded to, the tactics. Maybe waiting to, till the end was a bad move. You know, part of me is is waiting is actually what helped me win my first Masters National Championship. I had the most at the end, which is usually the number one I want to say indicator, the number one thing that determines your performance is who can go hard at the end, but am I going to be able to go hard enough on a 90-second wall versus guys like Amma, you know, Matt Winstead that got fifth, Forrest, shout out my homie who got fourth, sorry to second, and th- uh, I'm blanking on your guys' names, they crushed it, and so maybe my tactic should more be get in a break and just pray that the break stays away. But on the flip side, to play devil's advocate, dude, if I couldn't last in the race in the group, there was no way I was race lasting in that break. And shout out to those guys that were in that break. I think there were six or eight of them hauling. And kudos to Brock Mason, who single-handedly was ripping the group to bring it back for Forrest. And yeah, big, big dog from the time trial got on the front and I was wrecked after I actually, so funny story. You can, you can turn it off here. If you want to hear a funny story, I'll tell you. So I get dropped and I'm like, well, I'm definitely finishing this lap. I, I you know, whatever. And I'm like, I'm riding. I'm like, okay, I don't feel horrible. I rode some tempo. I was like, man, that, that really sucked. I just got totally waxed. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm out here. I'm going to go do this gravel race the next day. But I've got nowhere to be. Maybe I should just finish. And I don't really want to DNF. And you know, I was just talking to Landry about finishing the race. And, you know, I clearly need to ride in the quote-unquote heat. So I'm going to go. I'm going to finish. I got a, two bottles as I pass the walk, the feed zone this time. I circle back. I'm like, it's 17 miles. I'm just going to finish. So I go. I slug through. I start cramping. It was not great. I get back to the car to see who won. I look at the results, and I notice they've already placed me in like 40-something. I'm like, what? 424? It took me like five hours to get around that bad boy. They ended up pulling and placing everybody, so I wouldn't have gotten a DNF, so I did the extra lap for no reason. But, you know, finishing is not cool. People think it's like douchey and whatever. I don't understand that. I see people that get shelled after a lap or two laps, and they're on the side of the road. No offense, that's your choice. But my motivation to you is be that guy that keeps riding if you got dropped you clearly need the training you need the miles unless you're like tanked in a hole fatigued whatever and you shouldn't be doing it like ask your coach but i always when i have athletes that should be doing an 80 mile race and they finish at 45 and they go home and boohoo dude you're not making it i'm sorry so make the right calls racing is part of race prep. If you want to race, if you want to do well at races, you need to go race. I try to tell people this so 
often, especially in early spring races, they have a race in early May that's like their A race and they never want to race before that. I'm like, dude, this is going to be really hard to race when other people are racing in February. And I shouldn't say race, you can go race, but to perform well and actually win and do well. People set themselves up for disappointment. If you have three races that you think are an A race and you're going to race eight times this year, it's just very challenging to be the best person that day. And then people get down on themselves. And also those early season races are your litmus. What's missing in your training? Because as this show, I'm an N of one. So, so take this as you want. But you realize what you're missing, what you need to work on, what you need to hone in on. We can look at all the charts, all the graphs, all the metrics. Racing is racing. And watch the video I just posted, or I might post it first or second, on Andy Coggin. Performance is the best indicator of performance. You need to get out there. And so, yeah, I should have, I guess I should have done some race sims. But honestly, I was eating so much ham and I ate more cheese in France than I've eaten in the past two years. I was having a blast celebrating my husband's birthday. I was riding through these crazy little towns. Intervals and races weren't on my mind. Bad choice to go race nationals. But if you're asking, hey, dude, why would you go race nationals if you clearly were not prepared? I didn't want to have FOMO. I didn't want to be here sitting, oh, what if? What if I'd win? Maybe I would. No, dude, you weren't good enough. You got dropped on your face. And so now I know that. I hope it's the same course next year. I hope I have the chance to be better prepared. As it shows on my Strava, you can ride your face off and ride all day long, but if you don't get the right training in and do the right intensity, I'm not going to be ready. I shouldn't portray that on you. Maybe you're a better athlete than me. I can't hide like that. I needed the racing, didn't get it in. Good luck with your training. If this podcast is helpful for you, please tell a friend. Please uh, subscribe to the channel. It helps us a ton to get bigger and better. The, the interview people that we've had on, I don't want to say they're small. They're incredible and huge. But we're getting some even bigger names that are really hard to get on the podcast. But when they see that there's more and more people that are actually subscribing and listening, they're more likely to come on. It's more free content for you to get faster. And if you're listening on Apple, please leave us a five-star review and put a little blurb in there like, yo, this is awesome. And Spotify, please follow. That really, 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 really helps us. It costs you nothing. Thanks so much. Good luck with your training. And we will be talking about the Big Bad Gravel Race next where we go over nutrition for an almost nine-hour day. What supplementation was I doing? Pacing tactics and mindset because I did this less than 24 hours after this throttling. I was very nervous and I didn't realize how much climbing there was going to be. See ya.